I always talk about dealing with clutter daily. Um, if you feel like clutter is piling up in your house, if you feel like you have too much, you don't know where to start, you can set a timer for five or 10 minutes and just tackle a pile or an area of your home. That's always so helpful just to take away that space. And if you're overwhelmed, just dealing with your mail daily can be your clutter. Like just take care of that one thing. Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. Welcome to the Juno Women Podcast, where I sit down for candid conversations with women who are experts in their field and share their specific knowledge so that we can become better equipped to handle all things motherhood. Juno Women is an extension of Juna, a fitness and nutrition app created to help guide you through your trying to conceive, pregnancy, and motherhood journey. Everything we do at Juna is designed to empower and support you through one of the most incredible and challenging times of your life. Today, I'm talking to Becky Rapinchuk, also known as the Clean Mama. Becky is the creator of the Clean Mama system, which was designed to help you have the clean home you've always wanted. We talk about how and why she started this business, and she shares her best advice for making cleaning a manageable part of the daily routine. I really hope you enjoy. Becky, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you and your family. I'm Becky. And most people know me as the person behind Clean Mama. And I have been doing that since 2009. So I started the blog way back when I had two kids and not three. And uh, at that point, the, my youngest was about a year old. So I had really, like, they were three in one, really little. And it was just something I did during nap time. I really enjoyed sharing about cleaning, which was a new avenue for me just because I was an art teacher before. And that was my thing. <laughs> but <laughs> I like the cleaning, organizing aspect of the art room because there are so many things that you can clean and organize. And I really enjoyed how those two worlds fit together. And uh, when I became a stay-at-home mom, I found like I needed just a little bit of an outlet of some sort. And I always was sharing my cleaning tips and my cleaning routine with my friends. And I thought, I'm just going to see, put this online. It's fun. I'm going to share some printables and share my routine and see if anyone's interested. And it was just a weird way that it all landed. And I ended up uh, opening up an Etsy shop and continued to sell homekeeping printables, which at the time when I started it, my husband was like, why would someone buy something that doesn't even exist? <laughs> I mean, that's how long ago it was because yeah. it was PDF and now everything is like digital PDF. And so I know that I was definitely on the front end of that and the front end of talking about cleaning online. And I just, I really enjoy it. We, we now have three kids there. I have one that's in high school, one that's in middle school, one that's in elementary school. Okay. So it's the, the full gamut of craziness and it's super fun busy I can honestly say that I have been in every sort of situation from of a mom whereas I've been the work at home mom the stay-at-home mom the work outside the home mom and the traveling 
for work mom because I was a um, admissions counselor as well when I was starting up Clean Mama. So I was running Clean Mama and traveling in the Midwest and um, talking about a specific college it, it, <laughs> while while having little kids. And I ended up being pregnant with my third at that time too. In that oh. time of my life, <laughs> that was when it was things were so busy and my routine was still working for us. And I thought if it can work now, like I can't even, I couldn't have even predicted how busy I am and how busy we are, what our, everything feels. If it can work now, it could work in any situation. <laughs> yeah. I really want to dig into that because I'll tell you the situation in our home. And I'm sure many of the people that are listening, it's just, I don't, we don't have something that's working for us. And the more kids that we've added, the harder it's gotten. And I just, I think COVID and that work, working from home was not something that like 95% of the country did. And now it is. And so I think that's also thrown us for a loop at least because now there's just people in the home all the time and it makes it so much harder to keep it clean. So I'm excited to dig into some of your tips for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's definitely made it difficult. I guess you mentioned that you you had you liked organizing and cleaning, but what was, I guess, prior to starting Clean Mama, like what really inspired you to come up with cleaning products and this business? Yeah, I used to clean homes while I was teaching as a little side gig. And okay. I, I never brought my own supplies because I was single and wasn't going to buy supplies to tow it around. I was just, so right. I used people's supplies in their homes. And it was interesting just because everyone used different things. And there was one, uh, I used to clean houses for my fellow teachers, <laughs> which is weird when you think about it. But one of the teachers <laughs> used vinegar like on her hardwood floors. And it was, she, she, the things she cleaned with was just, they were totally different than what anyone else cleaned with. And but they worked really well. And I really liked how I felt when I cleaned her home. Whereas some of the other houses, I might get a little lightheaded or a headache from the different cleaners or when I especially was cleaning bathrooms. And, but this one teacher in particular, I really enjoyed cleaning her home. And she was a little bit, I would say definitely on like ahead of her time. She had essential oils. She, I mean, she was doing things that people weren't doing at that time. So this was like a case study for me. And I started in my own home, moving forward, experimenting with different ways to clean and just trying different products and making my own things. And then when we had our first daughter, she ended up using, uh, coming across this, it's a cleaner that's still on the market today, but it was supposed to be, you could spray it anywhere. And I think it was called like something to that effect. But it had Clora, it was a Clorox product and it was, but you were, they were showing it on high chairs. And oh. so I thought, oh, okay. So we, she ended up spraying it like on herself and I had to, it was like a phone call to the poison control, oh, monitoring her for 24 hours. And after that, I was like, I, we're not using anything like this. And it was bleach water with like you. I used to work in a child development center and you could, when we would clean the dishes, that was like the last rinse you would do would be like a, you'd wash the toys or the dishes in bleach water and then do a rinse and then 
set it to dry. That's like the CDC, like the way that you're supposed to clean, things, clean, institu- yeah. clean institutional like dishes and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't phase me that it wouldn't be fine for her, especially because the commercial showed it with babies. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was when I started looking at things a little differently. And the only way I felt like I could truly understand what was in products was by making them myself putting things together myself. And I really liked how well those things cleaned. And at the time, your money was tight. It fit the bill. Yeah. <laughs> like water and vinegar and some soap. And most things are pretty clean. And I just continued to experiment from there. Got it. And so when you launched Clean Mama, you started with principles and then you expanded out into your own products. How long into the business cycle did you start selling your own products? Yeah, so I started, I opened up my shop at the end of 2015, like the actual like product shop. I started my Etsy shop in 2010. So I was selling printables for years, but then I was, if someone's listening in there, like they use affiliate uh, marketing in their own business, they would understand that I, when I was using affiliate marketing, you get a small percentage of products. So I was using and recommending products that were made by, uh, by other people. And, mm-hmm. and I liked them, but I, I was always gravitating sort of towards a certain aesthetic and a certain color. Obviously it's aqua, but <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, I was always looking for those things. And I started thinking like, I ended up putting together a glass spray bottle. So I found sprayers, I found the glass bottle, I put them together and, and it worked better than they, they, you couldn't find them online at that point. So like I was making my own things like that. And then I ended up packaging some together, opening up my shop. I sold glass spray bottles and um, some recipe labels and bar mop towels and microfiber towels. So it was like four things and that's all that I sold. And I just slowly started adding from there and had had a couple companies private label things for me, which means that they put my pa- my label on the packaging, but I'm purchasing the the end product from right. them, and that that's just how I've grown it, just little by little, and finding different vendors that would create things for me that I was looking for, and a lot of companies telling me no, and <laughs> I mean like a lot. Hey, can you? Would you be interested in partnering with me or working together on this? And a lot of no, but continuing to keep trying until I could find my own, uh, find things. And pretty much now I just work with uh, manufacturers and then they create uh, the products that way. It seems to be a little bit easier. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And cheaper. (laughs) Which is important, right? Yeah, but those products did not last. The thing, if you're selling glass spray bottles and like all my things are like sustainable, eco-friendly, they last a long time. So that was, so I started thinking that was like my first branch and now I've been expanding into consumable goods. So things that are safe and natural, but you're going to use up and replace in your home too. So that's where I, where that's been going. So it's, like it's gone three different ways, the printables, the more home goods, and then the consumable actual products that I 
love and use in my home and then have been able to bring them to, I feel like they are, offer something different than other products on the market. We're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about the Juna app, the app that makes this podcast possible. Juna is the premier app for every stage of motherhood with a 12-week trying to conceive plan and workouts, key nutrition information for every week of pregnancy and postpartum, plus six full video courses on birth prep, breastfeeding, newborn care, infant sleep, sleep from four to 12 months, and starting solids. The app is designed to be your number one companion from trying to conceive through your baby's first year of life. It also includes daily diaphragmatic breathing exercises, pelvic floor prep, daily tips and notes from me that are relevant to the exact things you are experiencing. These are so helpful for easing any fears and preventing the dreaded gestational Google mania, that sickness where you can't stop Googling every little thing that happens during pregnancy. Juna is available for both iOS and Android. Just search Juna in the app store or go to Juna.co. Again, that's Juna.co. The app is completely free to try for seven days, and if you decide it's not right for you, you can cancel any time within the first week. No questions asked. Download Juna today and get started. Now, back to the show. Let's get into, like, your cleaning routine. And you say that you are always giving your friends tips and tricks. So can you share some of those with us? Yeah. Yeah, so the... Biggest thing with the cleaning routine is that I I can remember sitting down and devising it, trying to figure out when I would do this, when I would do that. I had spreadsheets, I had lists, like put, like filling things in. And a lot of times, I think more human nature is you do all that, but then you're so tired from making those lists that you don't even want to clean anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. So that's where I feel like the cleaning routine comes in. And that's where I encourage people to just try it, follow along, do your best, because that's where you're going to find your own way. And you might have some tweaks with your schedule and your routine, but for the most part, you are really going to just, it takes, it's proactive instead of reactive. It takes the guesswork out of it. And that's why it's so helpful to have one. So my cleaning routine or the clean mama routine follows a really simple framework. There are, are four parts to it. There are the daily tasks um, and the weekly tasks. Those are the two main things. If you can get those two things down, you are going to be, you'll be doing really well. And then I have rotating tasks, which are the, like, the things like cleaning your windows, cleaning baseboards, those deep cleaning tasks mm-hmm. that you know you probably should do, but when are you going to do them? How do you fit them in? And when should you do them? You do them yearly. Do you do them every month? Like I take that part out of it and tell you when to do those things. And then there's the monthly focus. So that's more organizing and that's where we focus on like a room in the home or an area of the home. So the daily tasks are simple and straightforward you probably do them and but it's nice to just have some validation and say okay I can check that off I can check that off and I I just think that's really helpful but I will give you tips with each area that is that helpful so the five daily tasks are make beds check floors wipe counters pick up clutter and laundry if the make beds is simple, you know that if your bed is made, it makes you feel a little bit better. And it's nice to get into bed at the end of a long 
exhausting day in your house working from home <laughs> yep. and have a clean a, a bed that's made or a picked up bedroom. So that's where that goes. Check floors is just checking to see if anything needs to be swept or vacuumed. If you have little kids, it's helpful to clean up under the table. You probably need to at least once a day, just do a quick sweep. I always have had little, like when the kids were really little, like little, like dustpans and brush little brooms that they could clean up and take care of that so that I wasn't having to do that. Wiping the counters is like cleaning up at the end of the day, loading the dishwasher, wiping down kitchen counters, resetting the kitchen, picking up clutter. So I always talk about dealing with clutter daily. Uh, if you feel like clutter is piling up in your house, if you feel like you have too much, you don't know where to start, you can set a timer for five or 10 minutes and just tackle a pile or an area of your home. That's probably so helpful just to take away that space. And if you're overwhelmed, just dealing with your mail daily can be your clutter. Like just take care of that one thing. When you bring the mail in, you go through it, sort it, put it away, shredded, whatever needs to be done, you're taking care of that. And then laundry as a daily task is, which some people will balk at that and think that's just excessive and too much. But if you are overwhelmed with your laundry, that is, I would tell, I would say that's the number one thing to take away is just to try it. Even if you disagree, even if you're skeptical, try it for a week, doing one load of laundry every day. So you're washing the clothes, you're drying the clothes, folding them, putting them away every single day for a week. And it's easier because you're doing, you're probably not piled up with five loads of laundry that need to go into the wash. You're taking care of it that day. Think of a time that works for you, whether I always do laundry when I'm watching TV or if I'm like watching Netflix or something. I don't mind it if I have something else that I'm doing or I will call some, put on, you know, my headphones and call someone and talk on the phone while I'm folding and putting away laundry. That way I'm not like thinking about like how annoying it is. <laughs> uh, but that's definitely like a big, huge step is to get that lawn daily task down. So try that for a week and you can come at me and say it didn't work, That, but I'm guessing that it's going to be helpful for you and you'll see why it's one of those things that I recommend doing daily just for the sheer overwhelm factor of it. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not balking at you. I'm like, I have three kids too. <laughs> and the, the level up of laundry that happened with that third kid. And it's mostly because like babies just go through so many clothes. Mm -hmm. And my toddler girl goes through like 65 outfits a day. And so that's like when I, I like have this thing where I have to take pictures of the piles of laundry that I have just done. And it's always like hers and his are 65 feet tall. Mine is half of the, you know, but it's just anyway, it, it adds up. And so I do laundry three times a week, but those three times a week are so extreme. So I'm going to try this daily laundry thing because I think I yeah. will. <laughs> it will feel better. You, you can even break it down by person. And I think because there's five in our family, like I do my husband's on Monday, mine on Tuesday, my oldest on Wednesday. No, my older kids, I just, I'll, I will wash it and dry it. And I put the basket in their room and they take care of it. And I like 
they have to do that in that day or by the next day. That's just what we do. But having a day of the week assigned to them too is just helpful just from a like mental, like yeah, you're working down that list and like where you're at. But I think even just what I found is with the kids getting bigger. So you get a handle on it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because when they're little, there's little clothes. But when they're bigger, there's adult-sized clothing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just... And with the multiple, they still do like multiple outfits in a day. There's like the school clothes and the, the lounging at home and then the pajamas and then, oh, I tried on three shirts and, yep. oh, and threw them on the floor. On the wash. Yeah. <laughs> Very so, familiar with yeah. that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. When did you start like giving that responsibility to your kids to put their clothes away? It really depends on the age, but I did start with all of them when they were two. Oh, geez. Okay. I'm late. Just helping, helping me. So if, because I am not someone when my kids all took really great, they were good nappers. And so that afternoon nap time was usually when I was working and I wasn't going to do my home tasks while I was like doing my concentrated work in that two to three hour kind of time frame. So mm-hmm. I would be folding and putting away laundry and they would be with me and I would just have them help. So it could be anything like if they're little, it can be like, here's a, we have baskets in our top drawers um, for each kid. And they're just small, like, I think it's like Sterilite brand, like the clear containers with a little lid, but I take the lids off. So it's just the container to hold undies and socks. Mm-hmm. That So they each have that. So when they were little, I would take those baskets out of that top drawer, put it on the floor and say, okay, undies in here, socks in here. Can you do that? And I don't hold socks or air them or anything. We just toss them in a basket. I found that you like buying all the same kind of sock is helpful until they have opinions about that. <laughs> but I think that it's just, that's just been one of those things where I just had them helping. So even just putting the socks and the undies in the basket or with the kids when I teach them how to do their laundry I will have them separate everything out as they're older so like when they're four or five okay all your shirts go here all your pants go here shorts go here so we make piles of those different things so it's like a sorting game and I've like like don't treat it like a chore but more hey can you do this let's do this together help me out and I would have like my oldest daughter, she would help with the little boys clothes, sorting them out when she was little. And I don't think she is traumatized from it or anything, <laughs> but they can help in different ways. And it's, I don't know, I would put music on and we would just like sort through stuff and the legwork was done by me, but at least they saw the process and got it. Nine is about, to me is that sweet spot where you can say, here's your basket, fold your clothes, put it away. I think that's like where they can take that full responsibility. My youngest is 10. He's like newly 10 and I'm still working with him on it. It's just for whatever reason, not, not clicking. It doesn't come. Not anyone. It it just, he'll help me and it goes, it just works better for the two of us to do it together. So you have to know your kids and you have to know like, what they can tolerate <laughs> for like tasks and doing different things. And I never want something to be like people or horrible. So we just get it done together and it's fine. 
I'm like, my husband's still like that. I really just do my laundry and I facilitate everyone else's. That's how I will put it in the wash, transfer it to the dryer, and then transfer that basket to their rooms. Like, I will do that part of it. My husband does his laundry, but I still will wash it and dry it. You got to make it work for your your family and situation. (laughs) Now, I'm curious, when you're talking about the daily tasks and weekly tasks, how did that load change when you, like, between, like, when you scheduled it or when you managed it while you were working from home, staying at home, or working out of the house? Yes, I started that when I was, my husband and I were first married and we had a one bedroom apartment and I thought that it was like the worst thing ever, like (laughs) so hard to clean. (laughs) And you also didn't have much to clean either at that point. (laughs) No, and no kids. We had a dog, but she was not like a bad dog or like she didn't shed or it was So at that point, I was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm cleaning on weekends. I want to be able to go do stuff on the weekends. I've got to figure out a better way to do this. So that was when I started coming up with a routine. And I can remember talking to my grandma about it. My grandma had three girls and was worked outside the home like their whole childhood. And that was like back in the 40s and 50s. So a long time ago, and she was just like, you just have to choose something every day to do. That's what you do. Like one day do this, another day do that. Just don't do it on the weekends. And so that like little small conversation kind of spurred in my, like this idea in my head to have different things on different days. So I was experimenting with when I would want to do these things and what would work. And I used to do something, I don't even remember what it was, but I used to have a weekly task Fridays and I was like, getting to everything during the week all the time and so that was when I said I'm going to make Friday my catch-all day and that's my day to catch up on anything I didn't get done get ready for the weekend that sort of a thing so I so just real like real quickly the weekly tasks um go by the day of the week so Monday is bathrooms day I chose that because I hate cleaning bathrooms and I had experimented with that at different times during the week, but I found that Monday was when I usually had the most oof and could tolerate like a task that I didn't like. And so that was, so that's when Monday is bathrooms. Tuesday is dusting. Wednesday is vacuuming because you always want to vacuum after you dust because you're going to vacuum up any dust that's on the floor. Thursday is floor washing day. Friday is that catch all day, the day to catch up. And then Saturday is sheets and towels. And I chose that later when I was thinking when we had kids and thinking like they can help me with sheets and towels if they're home on Saturday. So mm-hmm. rather than doing that on a Wednesday after school, like having more of a day like that. And then Sunday, I just say do the daily tasks. We rest, we recharge. It's that's how that is structured. But if you notice, those are things that you know that you should be doing. But I'm splitting it up so that you're not feeling like you have to do all of those things in one day to get your house clean or spend a whole weekend on cleaning your house. Um, if you don't get something done, let's let's say you don't clean your bathrooms on Monday and you don't get them done on Friday for the catch all day, it's not a big deal. You just do them the next Monday. Like we're not like freaking out. We're not like, 
stayed up until midnight to get those bathrooms cleaned. You don't do it, you don't do it. It's their toilets, it's fine. If you, um, I always recommend like splitting things up if you need to. So if you are trying to, you've got 10 minutes on a Monday and your bathrooms are a mess, but you don't have time to clean them fully, clean the toilets or clean up the counters. Just do one thing for those bathrooms. And then the next week, either clean the whole bathrooms or do what you missed. If you didn't clean the toilets the week before, I clean them the next week. It's it's just dirt. And I think that's a really good mindset to have because we need to realize like you want your home to be clean and cozy and inviting and you want to feel good about it and you want to be able to relax, but you also need that margin in your life where you can concentrate on the things that are really important and cleaning is not really important. But when your house is a mess, it feels really important. So it's helping you reframe that a little bit and giving you the direction for what to clean and when to clean it. Are you a breastfeeding mom needing to boost her milk supply or a nursing mom wanting to maintain good milk supply during your pregnancy? Well, we are excited to introduce you to Golacta, an all-natural galactagogue and superfood. Many moms and health professionals around the world are calling the miracle supplement. 100% made from nature's own galactagogue, their pure moringa leaves are farmed by Golacta out in the Philippines. Vitamin C, calcium, potassium, and protein. Moringa leaves pull double duty. They're both plant-based superfood and a galactagogue. So both moms and babies will reap the nutritional benefits of the moringa leaves. Added to being an amazing superfood, Golacta is the ideal supplement for nursing moms that is not only clinically proven safe to use while pregnant, but because of its superfood qualities, it also provides moms and babies the key nutrients they need for healthy living and growth. I wish I knew about this during my breastfeeding journeys, but I'm just glad I get to share this with you today. You can buy yours today from the Golacta website, www.golacta.com. Available in easy-to-use capsules or in a powder so you can incorporate it into some of our amazing smoothie recipes in the app. Use code capital GL-JUNA21 for 15% off your first order. Once again, you can order today on their website and use the code GL-JUNA21 for 15% off your order. So I have a question that is like a problem in our house, which is I feel like all of like the, the our playroom is upstairs, but we spend a lot of our time, I'm sure, like other families in our kitchen and inevitably toys end up in our kitchen and we, you know, like, then they end up getting, we have a divider, like a counter divider between our living room and our kitchen and it just ends up mm-hmm. becoming a, a catch-all counter and it's, I think in my husband's head, he's putting it on the counter for it to be brought upstairs, but then it just like gets tucked away. And then the counter is just inevitably covered in stuff until. Mm-hmm. So do you have any like tricks or a system to get toys back to where they belong? Yeah, and in a timely manner. Okay. Yeah. So if you're, if I guess I would recommend, do you have a toy basket downstairs at all? N- no. So that's okay. okay. <laughs> so maybe you can have a basket, even if it's on the floor by the counter. And yep. if that's where the toys go. And then at the end of the day, you bring that back upstairs. 
and put things away, empty it out. Because then I don't know how old your kids are. Um, One, three, and five. (laughs) Okay, so the three and the five-year-old could maybe help with it. Or maybe it's a job that they do together Mm -hmm. where they bring the basket upstairs while, oh, we've got five minutes until we're going to eat. I'm going to put on a timer. Can you go put these things away? And then they could bring the empty basket down. Or if it's annoying to you, have them leave the basket upstairs. And then the next day, bring it back down if things get piled up again. But I I think that just having a different place for them might be helpful. Even if it's in that same area, it's the same like principle. Like my kids will just drop their wet towels on the floor Mm -hmm. (laughs) and after they take a shower and there's so there's a hook right there so like why are we not putting the things on the hook um so then i put a laundry basket in their bathroom just to okay let's put these if if these are not going to be used again let's just put them in the laundry basket instead so sometimes just choosing a different vehicle for storage to retrain. So it's a visual, they can see it instead of that counter, it's gonna go in this basket. And it could be something where it it might be a permanent thing where you're like, this is great. We love this. We're always gonna do this until the end of time. (laughs) Or it could be like, this solved the problem. And now we're not putting things on the counter anymore. And my kids are old enough where I could just say, hey, go put that away. Clean this area up, put your stuff away. And then it's just a little bit different that way i guess that would be my suggestion for that yes. no i love that that's good what else are big problems i'm trying to think that we have what, what's a common one that you get yeah i think a, a common problem is the kitchen at the end of the day yes. and how do we clean the kitchen up and and how do we get help because if, if okay you make the meal you sit down you eat Everyone's stomachs are full and no one wants to help. No nope. one wants, we're done. Like, okay, that was a great meal. Here's the dishes. It's not, and, and if you leave the kitchen table or the kitchen entirely, no one's coming back. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least in my house, it's like, <laughs> I, so we, I always like just teaching routine and clean up cleaning like how you clean things up one of the things that I have found to be the most helpful and okay a dishwasher is very helpful which I'm so very grateful that we have a dishwasher I know not everyone has one so this will be a little bit different if you don't have a dishwasher but having the dishwasher empty before dinner is helpful because Mm -hmm. then the dishes can go the dirty dishes can go from the table if you are a dish rinser, you can rinse them and then put them in the dishwasher. So I think that that is one tip. Do what you can to have that empty dishwasher before dinner, or even if it's if it's not all the way filled up. Like we use, I we usually do two loads a day in the, of dishes just for sheer people and food and whatever. <laughs> so I will unload it in the morning. And then they load up with breakfast dishes. There might be a pot or pan for the night before that did not make the dishwasher in size. And then I will run it during the day. I will have the kids empty it in the afternoon when they come home from school. And then, or I'll empty it if I, if, when the kids were younger, I you know would empty that. And then it's ready for those dinner dishes. And I think that is huge because then you're not piling up 
the dishes. You can actually have a clean kitchen after dinner. And then it's just a little bit easier that way. So that's one thing that I recommend doing. I also recommend placing like your your tableware, your dishes above the dishwasher or around the sink so that you can put things away easily and take things out easily. It was just saves a couple steps. So if you look at where your um, dishes are stored, if you have a dishwasher, I would recommend having those directly above the dishwasher in those cabinets. Or if you have a sink, I would recommend having those to the right of the sink, go from the drying to putting those away. That's just a real simple organizing helpful tip. I think that I always recommend doing a nightly sink scrub. I talk about this a lot, but I mix up baking soda and essential oil. You don't need to use essential oil. If you don't want to, you could just take a baking soda box and I keep that underneath my sink, my kitchen sink. And when the dishes are in the dishwasher and the uh, countertops are wiped clean, the table's clean, I will sprinkle a little bit of my nightly sink scrub into the sink. I will squirt my dish soap in the sink. And then I take a scrub brush that I use only for the sink. You could also use a sponge with a scrubby side. And I, I wet the sink just a little bit and then I scrub it and rinse it, dry it, put out a fresh hand towel and that's it. Like good night sink. <laughs> yeah. Good night kitchen. It's to me, it really helps because then the next morning when you come downstairs, I always think about like a gift to myself mm-hmm. for the next day. I'm the first one up. I enjoy a quiet, clean kitchen. I can make my coffee, empty the dishwasher while my coffee's brewing, get going with the day. And I just find that's really um, relaxing and helps start the day out versus walking downstairs with a sink full of dishes. Uh, pots and pans that are still dirty. It's just not, it does not start things off. And I, from speaking to readers, I know that you'll generally, if that sink is still cluttered, you probably, you're not going to wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to clean the kitchen out, put all these things away. That's not what you're going to do. You're going to pile more things there because that's the place for the dishes, because that's what you're, you know, instructing people. This is where our dirty dishes go rather than putting those things away. So it could just helps with that but that will help with keeping your kitchen clean just staying on top of that daily if you want like one week try that daily like that load of laundry the next week wipe down that kitchen clean it try to do it every night and see what a difference that makes just from like how your kitchen and your home feels i have a lot of readers that have told me that once they started doing that they're spouses have gotten on board with it as well whereas mm-hmm. they didn't really see the need for it before but once you see like how good that looks and how it makes you feel like i have wow one follower that has said that the her spouses talked about told the kids come on we don't do that we don't put our dishes there we put them in the dishwasher like they start mm-hmm. like sending the message oh, everywhere yeah. Yeah. and i think that's really helpful Sometimes you, you can't, like words don't always communicate the right way, but sometimes our actions can show it might take a couple times or a couple weeks, but once the other family members see that they think they catch on and see that how the importance of it too. 
Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I remember before I had kids, a woman that I worked with was like describing her nightly routine and she was like, yeah, and then I I, mop, I vacuum and mop and, and then I you know, like shut down for the night. And my mind was just blown. I was blown away. I was like, <laughs> I did so you do what every night? And then we had kids and we call it resetting the kitchen. Like we just, every single night we vacuum, we wipe down all the chairs, we wipe down the counter, everything. And for me, I, because I'm the first one up in the morning, I need mm-hmm. the all, because we, we have a dishwasher, but we also like, we don't like none of the kids stuff we put in the dishwasher. So that's all mm-hmm. in the drying rack. And so all of that needs to be put away. Otherwise, like I'm doing it in the morning and I'm like, nope, it's like part of my kitchen reset. And I literally cannot imagine coming down in the morning to not completely reset kitchen. (laughs) My brain would explode. It would explode. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, you find that it's necessary and it's just a habit that you're not willing to give up once you see how it makes you feel. I really appreciate your time and tips. Do you have anything else that's, you know, like worth noting? The the main thing to remember when you're in your home and you're cleaning your home, organizing whatever you're doing is to give yourself grace and realize that it'll never be perfect. And I think mm-hmm. once we see that and we can really embrace just the messiness of life, but we know how to get it clean and it, it quickly and that's what I try to to share with people and realize that the people that you're keeping your home clean and tidy for are more important than that clean and tidy home so you do that switch and you'll find that it's more enjoyable to clean and more enjoyable to uh, take care of your home too definitely definitely that's a great point so thank you thank you awesome why don't you tell people where they can find you yeah, my website is cleanmama.com and it's mama, M-A. Um, you could find me on social at cleanmama as well and definitely reach out and connect. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Becky. Okay, that's all for today. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a mama friend and leave us a review. If you're pregnant, postpartum, or trying to conceive, you can download the Juna app completely free for seven days. The app is available for iOS and Android and is designed to be your guide for all things health and fitness for this very special time of your life. If you have any suggestions for episodes you would like to hear or anyone you think would be a great guest on the show, please email me directly at sarah at Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.